1: ravita panu welcome to the bandwagon and thank you for jumping on board
0: thank you for having me honestly it's a pleasure to be part of the platform and and your new little venture it's no amazing.
1: no cheers i know we've been in, in discussions and talking uh kind of like before the podcast anyway around you know loads of different loads of loads of things really in terms of like how we kind of know each other and you've been in I think you're one of the most visible faces, especially since the explosion, like social media, um, yeah. around. So I think I'll probably be a good good point to start. Then, in terms of saying, like, um, you started doing this. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the makeup side, if you don't, if you okay. if you don't mind. So, like, from doing your kind of your first bridal stuff as a young teenager, how do we get yeah. from there to um, one of the world's leading fashionable um, makeup artists in the whole industry?
0: okay well first of all thank you if that's what you think but I'll eat humble pie now and be like that 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 for me is quite an incredible statement um I I don't know to to fucking tell you the truth to be honest even sometimes I sit back and go have have you managed to do this um I think over the years I've seen almost you can if, if, if you want to say identify a particular moment or whatever and and i think there's there is a certain pinpoints of time where i can be like yeah that happened and that made me change to that direction and and what i didn't realize was back then i was creating a brand i had no idea i do no marketing or branding or, or advertising background it was ju- it was just a guess game and Going from 13 to being 41 and being in the industry, how many years? Now, someone do the math for me. Um, is incredible. And to see the journey of the brand, of RP, because I I I I try and step out of that. So I'm I'm RAV at home and RP online. But obviously, the two are the same people. Um, I'm really proud of what RP's of what she's done, and and how have I got here just pure determination and hard work and as I've gone on the the, the kind of it's got clearer and clearer as I've got through.
1: Yeah I remember seeing a, uh, a piece on you where you were talking about how I think it was fairly um, early on in the conversation you, you were talking about how you differentiated between being a wife, a mother, a daughter-in-law, all these different roles. Um, you, you know you just touched on it briefly like, how do you How do you separate yourself into those different categories?
0: I think culturally, you know, I'm a hair and makeup artist for South Asian brides, predominantly that, you know, that that's my target audience. Um, And in terms of myself and splitting the roles up, you know, culturally, I've taken what I can from each sector of my life as a mum, as a daughter, as a I'm waffling now, I know, because I'm not answering your question. No, 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 go for it. it, it we'll get to okay. it. Okay. Because I know what now. you're trying to ask. Okay. I know what I'm trying to say, but okay. So, in terms of separating the roles, both aspects of, 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 of my business have been able to support me to, to, to kind of, right, I'm, I'm a businesswoman, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife. I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm a Masi, I'm a boa. because they're, they're all labels and roles that I, you know, I gladly take on. Seeing what is going on in the outside world and my experiences through, through my art of makeup, I've been able to, in my personal life, take those life experiences from the business and the brand and go, right, I'm going to use their, their example and their life experience and apply it to my own so I can make sure my role as a mum because I I take these hats on with great pride um, as a mum and as a daughter as a daughter-in-law because they're the three key main relationships and as a sister so it's been hard but you over the years and now being 41 and you know that grand old saying of life start life really begins at 40 bloody how it's never been clearer
1: Mm. Well, for me, I'm lucky that I ain't gonna. Be, I'm near ain't forty for a long time yet.
0: Oh, um, shut up, Charlie!
1: So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the grey hairs is, uh, is is just a. Well, a filter, I thought you were doing fifty, but that's
0: yeah. a whole different podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. You know, for, for,
1: for, yeah, okay. Um, so I hope that answered the question. By the way, no, it did. I, I think uh, I think when we were speaking, um, you know, before the, before the podcast, you you were saying that how sometimes you need to come home and almost like de-stress yourself and you've yeah. got this almost kind of uh you know you go to sleep whatever to try and switch off that role i just thought just in case if there was another kind of procedure of when you used to kind of like right i'm a mom now what do i need to do is there kind of an anchor is there some kind of uh methodology in, in terms of saying like no because the role, be a role of a mom woman? never
0: stops and yeah, being I think- a father is you yeah. know, being a father, parent yourself, the role never stops, it's 24 mm. seven. And it is up until the moment you're gone from this earth, regardless mm. of how old they are. And I appreciate that now being mom, being a mom and seeing, you know, my parents still treating me like I'm two, you know, so that, so that so the age and the, and the duties of a parent should never and will never stop as far as I'm concerned. So when it comes on to taking the role at home, I think yeah if if people wanted to see kind of is there a pattern or behavior like we, we were speaking just before we went live uh, with recording is currently and it's it, 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 you know it's it's not a quiet uh, subject. I during lockdown um, being the main breadwinner of of our family have we've lost that income completely um, so very quickly you know you, you have funds which, there for the rainy day Mm -hmm. and you know I'm very I'm very thankful that we 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 had that in the pot but I I needed to get back out to work it was so important so going back to what you've said I work nine to five nine to two in a calf five to six days a week I then come home I then will shower I will sleep and then I'll get up and I'll concentrate on my business which is Mm. the RP brand yeah um and then I'll work on that until dinner time and then rookie bunny dinner is is made I have an amazing husband who who will just get on with it and if anything he he's the one that allows me to then work in the evenings and he takes on then the duties of running the household mm. because mm. without the two we we're, we're not going to work the the the, the, the washing machine ain't going to be put on and mm. dinner's not going to be made we're all going to be living like students as much as my daughter would absolutely love that because she feels like she lives with two of she she, she calls us her big brother and sister um so she feels like she lives in almost like a student house anyway um so yeah I think you know I, I wouldn't have thought that being significant but now that you've raised it yeah then I guess I, I'm sleeping to switch off from Business development for for the nine to two job, and because I take every role that I'm I'm given very seriously, so it's very important for me to switch off from that one in order to make sure I'm giving my all to this one.
1: So when you first when you first started off, um, um what I think traditionally um, a lot of uh, South Asian families would kind of encourage their kids at a younger age to kind of go into, uh, let's say red brick kind of universities and go into kind of red brick jobs. And um, am I right in thinking that you were kind of encouraged to go into 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 law rather than taking up this this um, this line of work? <laughs>
0: um, you know, I come from an era where it was record of achievement and it, it's up there somewhere. Oh, is, the, is that
1: the red book, the one with the personal the statement book. in
0: there? I have got it. I should, I should have pulled it out. I'll pull I, it out
1: at the end and I'll do but, like, hang on, let me grab it. I told boys. you, I told you I
0: wasn't that old. Have you, did you ever have a record of achievement? Who remembers these bad boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I this, remember. This
0: is like, this, this for me was, it, it, we've kept it, we've, we've kept it. A visual and and easy to get to because of the information that's in there and I always knew I one thing I knew from a very early age and one thing that I took um from from being because um, I'm, I'm, I'm Punjabi and I am um also a part of the Sikh religion and Sikh faith and one thing I I loved about my Sikhi was the Seabha to help other people Mm. and not want anything in return and as a a young child my mum always said she knew I'd go into that kind of role yeah um and you know my parents being land you know landed migrants and here to just ultimately work 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 and provide the best they could for their kids education was was all they knew so going for whitey, YT, YT, whitey, oh god, the youth training schemes at the time, and I'm I'm going to try and not give my age away too much, but anyway, I have I, a, yeah, forty-one, you know yeah. what it is, you know all of that, and being encouraged, and I always had my head in my head in my books, um, and from my from my elder sister to myself, there was there was a six-year gap, so she did she co-parented with my parents so the encouragement was look just study man and she was on our back Mom and dad were on our back so it was it was all right e- studying's easy to easy to me as well so when it came to career choices it was I naturally navigated down the, the caring and why don't you become a midwife for it? But I was like I don't like medicine Um, so you know it was a case of the become going into the police force really appealed to me. So I've taken lots of little mini directions in life and then there's always been something that's made me go, actually this isn't for me, and gone another direction. So yes, law was what my parents pushed me into. I did criminal justice and policing at university. There's a lot of um a lot of things that have been written and you know the media do like to twist things. Um, and it's very hard to then correct when it's written. So I did criminal uh, criminal justice and policing uh, with criminal law, and it's the best thing I ever did. University was the, the honestly education, and I can't stress it enough. And I'm going to be that mum and auntie now. Education is is the most powerful tool you've got. So I'm glad I did it. Um, I've always got that to fall back to if I wanted to. But naturally, I always then applied for roles and jobs that were of uh, were community based. Um, you know, one of my last major projects was the fifth, the 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 theft of Asian gold and the awareness of it. Um, so it was, um, it was a ec- really, really f- from my parents' point of view, it was, parla, parla, do something because you're going to be the one that is going to you know give us our graduation picture because there's this thing about families. Um, I think across the board that love having their their kids' picture graduation up on their walls. So I ticked the box for them. It was really important for me to tick the box, but I enjoyed studying. I enjoyed all the experiences it gave to me. And yeah, the law was just a very small part. I'll give you another little uh, fun fact about me. I actually passed my test to um, uh, the FAST scheme of becoming a governor of a prison, OK. <laughs> yes, I did. I've i done a lot. I've done a lot. But I, I, I one of my, one of my roots, um, because it was, it, it, it just captured me so much, was GCHQ and MI5 and Secret Services. And that was another route I really wanted to go down. But then I met my now life partner, my husband, and that... He's to blame. Stopped. I had to make a huge decision at the time. It was either down that route and university were encouraging me because i i think the bain community is not represented um and especially back then you know i was at university in 90 97 98 um so to wanting to go and join the secret services you know i looked at the royal navy as well so my wow. parents were just like yeah this is amazing and then obviously i met my partner and and it was actually that decision that okay now if I wanna settle down then potentially this I can't go down this route. Mm. So it was, it was a huge decision to make.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously there's a, there's a, there's a huge difference in terms of the careers that you've passed out. Uh, back, I'm not saying it's back then because it's not too long ago anyway. Well, in terms of like how easy was it then to kind of have that discussion with your family? You've talked about you've talked about different you know your culture um
0: yeah
1: you're 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 a a young woman at that stage it's different it's obviously there's you know it it is the way of the world there's there's differentiation between male males and females how was it then to say right look I'm going I'm going down this road um and I need your support was
0: that with the the makeup side
1: well I think, I think naturally it would have like been business. because I think, you know, you yeah. just, you said like that they were really happy that you were looking at those things. And then all of a sudden it's like a complete U-turn and then.
0: Yeah. And I think in terms of when, when I look at it, so I was, I was 23 when I got married. Um, so from you're born and then you do, you third So up until about 13, I, I was the obedient Indian girl. I, I did what my parents said. You didn't question it. You did it. Come thirteen, I I went to college, um, to school, and I went to a Catholic school. It's predominantly, uh, non-Punjabis. Um, uh, predominantly, it was ninety-nine percent white Catholic, mm. and and that was at the time my dad worked at Gujars, so all of his um, all of his work team and buddies and an and extended work family. Um, because that it was definitely a family at Goodyear's They were all Catholic, and my dad absolutely loved the culture because he saw similarities. Mm. So he was like, "Right, you, you girls are going to Catholic schools." So my sister paved the way; she got in, and then I, I, I went, and I, I it was set Edmunds that I went to in Wolverhampton. So then come thirteen, but I then saw a whole different light. I was just like. But why am I, why are my white mates allowed to go out? Why are my white mates allowed to stop out? And uh-huh. why? They, so I then got torn between two cultures. Don't get me wrong, I love my Punjabi culture. But then there was this other side where it was like, well, why can't I go out with my mates and meet them outside McDonald's and just stand out there, you know? So, and, and that's me looking up at my parents, and there was a battle. And there was a battle of, I'm not doing anything wrong but Indian girls don't do this. So what I did, I took my parents with me. Hey. I was like, so what I want you to do, if you don't want me to do this, don't come up to me, don't speak to me, don't even acknowledge that I'm there. And I will acknowledge you're there, mom and dad, but stand over in the corner and, and watch me. And if you feel I'm out of place or I'm doing something wrong, then you can draw me back in. So the those struggles and my as my mom, she'll just go, um, started back then. Mm-hmm. I then went off to university. So I did college. And then I was one of the first girls in my family, my especially on my dad's side, to go and live out at university. That really wasn't a battle because I would have gone and done it anyway. And my parents knew that. So it was easier for them at the time. So this is in 96, 97, for them to just go, right, you've given us the results. Because I was giving my parents the results whilst causing the biggest trouble at home Um, so they were really stuck they were like we want to we want to beat the hell out of you but you're 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 giving us the results that we want so off you go to university I quickly realized I didn't have the skills to live out because I, I wasn't armed with anything your parents control at that point your bank accounts they open your letters for you everything so I thought I was street enough to live out but actually I wasn't so I made the decision to then come back home so I did, I did a year away. I came back home. Best year of my life, probably, because it taught me so much. But then I I then went off to university again and was commuting and working. So then I felt I'd become a bit of an adult. Yeah. So, my, so actually, my career, even though my hand was in it, you know, earning some money here and there, doing Mendy, doing someone's hair, putting on a bit of eyeshadow, the biggest pusher and driver was my father-in-law. Mm. And a lot of people will be like, oh, so, you know, your parents, you know, how did they feel? Actually, it wasn't my, my Garcher family, so my Wolverhampton parents that encouraged me to go into business. It was actually my father-in-law that saw, he was like, well, if, you, if you're enjoying this and you make money from it, I'll invest in the shop for you. And that was when, you know, Jamara was three months old in my arms. So the journey started actually with my in-laws and not with my parents because my parents didn't see the value of becoming a beautician or going into makeup. So this idea of using makeup, Mendy or hair being able to do hair as a tool to engage, support and empower. My parents just didn't understand the concept, but back then I knew it would work. So along the way, to putting that to the test when I worked for local authority, for example, when I worked with Warsaw, you know, I, nothing gave me more joy than just walking the streets and saying to kids. So i worked with a lot with the youth um, and and just walking the streets. I used to have a Mendy cone in my back pocket and I'd be like, and they'd be like, (laughs) you know, you get to know the kids. I'd be like, what are you doing girls? And they'd be like, and I I knew what the girls would be up to. You know, some of them were drugs runners, some of them were going down the route, which you didn't want them to, you know, or, you know, abusing drugs. So I'd be like, come on, man, Let, let's go sit over there. Let me do some tattoos on you. And they'd be like, tattoos, miss. So I'd be like, yeah, tattoos. And I'd engage with them through Mendy. So I knew the value then. And then just fast forward now, you know, I just, yeah. The, 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 Mendy, the Mendy hair and makeup is a form to engage and empower and support women. And, the, the yeah, it's a big part of the round. So
1: in that time when you started like you know you've got um, your father-in-law said to you like we'll invest in you in terms of like in terms of value and the branding is started from there what was the the industry like then so like just for those people who may not be aware you're probably more working in the whole wedding in asian wedding industry at that time yeah, and, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know event management was going going on there was some early um there's some early forms of some of the things that happened today, you know, the way how professionalised the market is in, in some ways. But what yeah. was it like back then when you were first starting?
0: So if I'm, if, if I, I did my first bridal at 13 and I, there was no professionalism. Um, I'm not going to say that there wasn't, obviously there was some, to some extent there was because businesses were boom, you know, businesses when it comes to weddings, you know, by the pandemic, um, in you know the, the beauty in the wedding industry is one industry that doesn't really get hit by um, recessions and because those are still things that people continue with but when it came to the Asian wedding industry um, and, and and being a bride myself and become you know started off in the industry at 13 I don't come from a business a family of business where my parents are very working class so Business acumen and business knowledge and business skills have all been acquired and developed and researched and learned by myself over the years. Um, so at 13, I didn't know st- I was starting a business. Then it was just Ballo Di Gurihena That was it. So and translated as Ballo's daughter from down the road can do Mendi do Hena Sabuka. And that was it. So then a message would be passed on and, and that was it. And you turn up and do Mendy with matchsticks. I can remember doing Mendy with matchsticks. Fast forward now, everything's done via email. Brides want contracts. Businesses want contracts. Social media, HR, finance, you know, pandemic risk assessments. Which make parties has to do a risk assessment? This is all part of the process now and all this has had to be learned. So, to become the me developing the brand, I've grown and, and, and developed with it because I've had to grow and become a businesswoman with every step of the way. You know, I, I've seen a massive shift in the industry from when I started in, you know, 1993 to now 2021. Huge difference. However, I feel the industry has got huge steps to still make and I've seen, and I've been able to highlight my downfalls in the pandemic, i.e. contracts, how I could have dealt with situations better, Um, and even, even being more shrewd in business because business is not personal and personal is not business. And however, because I am a small business, I found that even more so it's what's kept my business strong and through, and, and kept me going through the pandemic is the hashtag more than just makeup.
1: So just tell us a little bit about that, how that came about.
0: A hashtag more than just makeup, because it always has been. I always knew it would be more than makeup. So that's always been at the back of my head. So the hashtag naturally was formed. My f I I was known as More Mendy, so more's always been in my branding or some my tags somehow. More Mendy came from and those were from my very early days and I've got pictures somewhere of, of my business cards and you know I remember sitting there once and an older lady said to me, me Lade, Lade, I was like, You guys, you guys, but you're not gonna pay me for it. So I remember saying to the the elder lady and thinking, right, you just need to say it. Mm. And this is where I I felt like I was becoming a businesswoman. And I went, well, BG, she didn't like it, but that I saw myself then as a businesswoman in a room full of women who was holding her own. And some of the girls, younger girls were like, I remember one girl going like this. Mm. And I remember the other the the, the the elder lady being really offended, but I was just like, and then I had to, I felt I had to explain myself. I no longer have to explain myself mm. because you pay the rates or you don't. Mm. But then there's but what I've been able to use is use the you know my culture my my marble, lead the language to my advantage, and be respectful with my answers. And actually now it's probably one of the plus points of the business able to communicate with everyone sat in the room and well, explain actually there's good money to be made from this as long as you do it the right way
1: so like, you like you know you've you kind of touched on a couple of areas there i could you could just see the the first part of the first kind of uh flickers of this uh um empowerment movement that you've got you've then got this then you've you, you know you've acknowledged around the whole around social media how do you think that you've that you've uh, combined both of them together in order in uh, to kind of raise um, issues around your platform?
0: I think just being authentic all the way through, and what doesn't sit well, anything that doesn't sit right with me, and everyone will know this. that, that This timing's gonna be right, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna feel right within my within my gut feeling, in my heart, and in my uh, and in my head. Yes, I, I, I don't, if I'm going to be extremely honest, to some extent, my heart has got to run my business because it's what's how my business has flourished with passion and and people buy into small businesses for a reason. And I think I, I've got to, I, I keep that at the forefront because if I lose that, that, that touch, yes, sometimes it can be hard work. I'm going to lose the authenticity of my business and my brand. I've been authentic. I've I've been where I can and want to be very open and raw. I've let people know where I fucked up. I own it. But then there's also certain things that I choose not to share on my socials. And I make that also very clear. I put out there what I feel is relevant to the brand and relevant to the women who are following and supporting. I actually hate that word following, supporting. Because if you if you are if you are in whatever way whether there's the the term goal supporting or whether you're you know you secretly what follow or you are just watching what I'm doing you're supporting because you're you're engaged or you're interested somehow so for me it's always remembering who sati now I have this I have this little thing in my head and it's anyone that's in business it's always you know you take this forward who's sati and Sati is who's my woman? What does she want to drink? What does she want to eat? What does she like to wear? What does she like? What's her favorite restaurant? And that answer is Sati could be everyone and anyone. And Sati could be my daughter and Sati could be my bibi So for me, I, I keep that at the forefront. And sometimes I'll put things out and not like it and delete. And I'll be like, no, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to redo that again. Sometimes I put things out. And look back and think, wow, I've developed as a person um, and as a brand and as a business. And, you know, I remember there was a trend and my daughter told me. She's like, mum, you need to delete all your old previous posts and you now need to just make it fresh. And I was like, no, because there's going to be a time where I'll go, here you go. Here's all the passwords. Take it forward. Because my daughter will. My daughter will carry on with the business. Mm. And. I want you to reflect and see and, and 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 see how the business has grown over the years. Only today, weirdly, Ranjit, I I I was actually reflecting on my own approach on how I would deal with certain things that come into my DM. And it had I been five years ago, I probably would have outed the person. But now I send them love and light. What, what do you DM mean? Block. What do you mean? I think once once upon a time and I and, and I think a lot of people and stories like Caroline Flack hmm. who um I found it quite painful to watch her documentary, but I watched I rewatched what her mum's view and and it was something her mum said which has stuck uh, struck a chord with me and I see myself kind of like, yeah, I I saw a pattern of behavior and and that is this. Once upon a time, I felt I had to, I owed an apology or I had to explain every aspect of my life, behavior, social media, business, work, um, everything. I had to give people an explanation. I don't owe no one nothing. Own, the only person I'm answerable to is myself and big man upstairs. And I, for myself, um, and the universe, I owe the universe a lot in terms of, I I don't have to explain to anyone, just as long as my, no, I'm wafting now Ranjit. Okay, get this clearer in your head. When it comes to dealing with online trolling and hate, I felt I had to deal with them all individually and have to and have to almost explain myself I don't anymore. And that was something, something happened in lockdown, which was very powerful. And it was a lady called Rasput Sagu. And she, it was just about to do a live. And there was a piece of, there was somebody who trolled online and left it very visual. And it's, if, if people want to, read it all my trolling online when it's visual um and public i leave i don't delete and block anymore mm-hmm. i want people to see um how you can deal deal with it and that is this if it doesn't sit right with you delete and block because you don't owe those people nothing and when it came to caroline flack and her story and a mom the biggest thing mm-hmm. was this being able to put this down mm-hmm. and being able to say I-, I i actually i don't owe you nothing so i'm going to leave you there if that makes sense, um, are you? And are you mental...
1: Sorry, are you? Are you basically saying, in terms of like the um, the phone or the or the or social media? or, or the is phone it both, that you both?
0: have to put this down right. because for me, I I used to have two phones. I, I used to have a personal life and then my business life, and even then, it was getting too much and. You know, just respecting, you know, going back to people, respecting you What as a business. A lot of it has had to be for me to educate people in. I'm not just a make artist. I'm a businesswoman. Mm. Respect that. And the biggest has been my friends and family not respecting that and educating them. And in the end, I just had to show them figures and go, oh, I've earned more money this year and I'm a happy and a respectful taxpayer i don't dodge the I, I want our country to grow so for me i to pay my taxes was really important a lot of people a lot of people in business have been very dodgy and not paid their taxes and let's be honest and open and raw now and i i wanted to change all of that so i needed to change the views of people in business around me so i sat i put myself with uh, with people in business who who I felt would mentor me correctly,
1: Yeah.
0: then there's that aspect. Then there was the education side. Then there was the two phones. And I had to bring just back to one phone because mm. if people couldn't get me on this number, then they'd call my personal line. Well, then you're not respecting the two, me so trying it's, to differentiate. So,
1: so it's, it's, it's basically trying to reaffirm boundaries then.
0: Got it, yeah. And standards and setting standards and setting standards for myself. As a business owner and set in, stand, setting standards and what is acceptable for your client. Mm. I'm sorry, but I'm an I'm a woman in business. You would not text how's the How's the Phrase is the wrong example. Rackham's <laughs> you reckon, yeah. how can I explain it? But actually, it was I'll explain it in this way. I had a bride once and she went. And and I said to her, I said, I just need to let you know it's unacceptable to text me at eleven o'clock at night. She went, oh, no, I know, here. And I said, Would you text your? And I just said it. She said, I said, Would you text your white suppliers at eleven? She went, Never. I says, Then why me? She went, You know, because God diga No, it isn't. And that said a lot to me. So that that said, we needed to set some standards in our industry. I remember being laughed at by another makeup artist for having a contract back then. And that same makeup artist has now got contracts. So over the years, I know I've 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 pissed a lot of people off. Mm. And I'm very sorry for that. I know I've 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 grown. I've had to set some standards for myself because there was no for me there was no customer service as well so all of it's grown i know i've ruffled there but edited no and no no and no, no i'm not
1: editing this bit because it's important in terms of you know in, in, terms, you of sure? the, no, no, in terms of no no it is a journey where like you know
0: what i'm trying to say
1: yeah yeah i i i, I get it you know you, probably giving you some space to think really because of there's a I, I used to have the same kind of issue when if people are ringing up to try and get drug and alcohol support or yeah. uh, uh, bookings or anything that you, you are getting phone calls at, you know, silly times. And yeah. infor- and unfortunately it has to be the detriment of, you know, our family time and stuff from there. And, you know, but luckily, you know, the, the environment that I've got is supportive, but I did, you know, I've said it, I said it to Hijab, I said it to um, a couple of other people that, I was just getting burnt out and I got to a stage where I just couldn't do it. So whereas you've, you kind of consciously made that decision. I think for a lot of people they get to that physically and mentally to say, look, I just can't do it anymore. And, and you get to a point where you think, that's it now. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go there anymore.
0: And Ranji, you, you, you're right. And I do, I do burn out and I do burn candles at both ends. And there's, there's been times, you know, that the business just wasn't given to me. I have had to work done. Damn- fucking hard for it and nothing's built overnight so anyone who who thinks being a makeup artist and running a business because they're very two different things i am the ceo of the brand but the brand also employs ravita panu as an rp so there's two roles i carry here i'm the makeup artist but i also respect as the makeup artist what ravita panu's built does that make sense
1: yeah i think so you I've obviously- had to over- you're an employee of your own company. own company. Right, yeah. And
0: I and I take on both roles as a very, very with with great pride. And sometimes it can be really difficult because, for example, in the pandemic, I've had to write in the third person as CEO to deal with RP as the makeup artist. Hmm. And getting that through to some clients who have rightfully in their own ways been difficult because they've not understand the contract that they've signed ultimately. Mm. I find I've had to educate and this is all in the mix of of, of, of of being a woman in business, being an Asian woman in business, being a female in business, you know, and sitting around the table with predominantly men. Do you as th- well it's do you think
1: in order to, to break that there's something there's something there in terms of promoting Asian women in business and if and if so you know what what do you think the first steps um should be
0: don't get me wrong there's some incredible support um systems out there platforms Asian women in business being one Mm, um who's run by one of you know who's run by one of my dear dear closest childhood friends um you know you've got um Things like the Asian Woman Festival, who, who do, you do you know, which is out tomorrow, their live event. You know, there's there's incredible things already out there, but I think the biggest thing is, as much as that, there's this sisterhood. A lot of us pretend that there's a sisterhood. A lot of us want to believe that there's this sisterhood, and a lot of us are fighting for the sisterhood. I've, I've straight up fucked up big time along the ways. I've burnt bridges where they shouldn't have been burnt. I have burnt the bridges. I have lit the candle as well. I've been the bitch. But I've learnt and I've quickly learnt and I've quickly reflected. But I've always stood strong in my heart of who I really am and that is standing up for ultimately injustices. And as, as, a, as a Punjabi Sikh Girl growing up in Wolverhampton, I saw a hell of a lot of it. So for me, over the years where I have messed up, I I don't want others to make that same mistake in business and personal life and in their marriages in their relationships and in their influencing of friends, circles, you know, identifying if your circle's good for you or not, you know, being in business, you can't be friends with your employees either. And I quickly learned that, you know, so it over the years, like I am so comfortable I sat up my own desk now my own chair and also comfortable sitting with people who I wouldn't have in my personal life, but I do business with all day long. And then there's also people who I don't want to do business with, but I just want in my personal life all day long. And, and I've got to the age of 41 and I finally have got there, and I'm not here to to preach, and I'm not here in any way to 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 say my way is the right way. But one thing I do know is I'm able to own, and I'm able to support with a clear heart, and I'm able to go community yes over competition. But this is where I think in my industry, and if we're gonna if we're gonna go back to what you said. Is there enough empowerment and support for females in business? I think the biggest thing is is females supporting other females in business. Mm. And all day long, I am here to support females in business. But one thing I'm not here to do is... How can I put it? I'm not a business mentor. And if you want me to mentor your business, then pay me the price and I'll do it. Because I'm a woman in business. And I think along the lines... People have, have assumed that RP in the brand is going to do it for free. I'm not going to do it for free because I've got my bills to pay. And if you want your business to grow, then see, you've come to me for a reason. So see my value. So I will where I can. But over the years, I think there's this, there's, there has been. How so can I put it, Ranjit. And you're gonna to have to be really clever with your editing here, all right? Because I don't want to get shot.
1: No, no. So the
0: <laughs> online is this, yeah. <laughs> just no, say it, no, no,
1: if you uh, you gotta just be comfortable in terms of what you want what you want to
0: say, you know what okay, I mean? Okay, so, so right, let's go. Right. So for me, in terms of addressing and um, the sisterhood and women in, in business, we c- we can make this work, but I think for myself and And one thing more than ever, I've been confident and I own what I'm about to say is the following. If you've got two makeup artists in the room, ultimately we're fighting for that. If there's one job coming through, I am going to not fight you for it, but it's sales ultimately because every business contract is a sale. Mm. So for me, I want that sale, but I ain't going to stab you in the back for it. I'll just provide my service And let the best man win, and that's it. But this is where best woman, sorry. And look at the phrases that we use in this world, isn't it? Best man win. Why can't it be? Actually, I'm I'm wrong there
1: because there's actually male makeup artists as well. You got it?
0: Yeah. yeah, So may the best human win (laughs) for that job. So for myself, I think it's come down to being able to say to, and and others in the industry, and those that are in business of the same sectors, own it, because you want that job, and what are you gonna do to get that job? But this is the difference, we can still go for a coffee after, and the difference of business is this, I and going back to something I said earlier, business is not personal, and personal is not business, the two are very different, and I know where that fine line is. For example, Rena, who's my head senior stylist, she does my bridal hairs for me. I pay her. She, she invoices us as a, as a business. She sets her fee and her price. And we pay it. But a lot of people, I see, I control the Instagram. I control all of that because that's what the business does. But the DMs that we see, and a lot of people won't know this. Oh, I've sent a, a, an email to the brand, to the business, to, to book you. But can I book you? On the sly, can I book you directly? And this is coming from other makeup artists in the industry. This is coming from other clients. Respect the service you wanna buy into and also have people on that table who are rooting for you always. Because in business, you have to be shrewd and in business, you're gonna get stabbed in the back. It's hard, it's a difficult lesson to learn and it can be really painful and it gets fucking lonely. But I know what I want, and I've got there, and like, I've got there in a way which I know I've worked damn hard for. I know the blood, sweat, and tears.
1: Just being devil's advocate on it, obviously, yeah. you're in in that in in the in the old field, it's, we know the the whole wedding industry, for example, is very expensive. It's a very expensive uh, thing to put on, you know, especially from a, a bride's point of view, getting things done. You you can't really necessarily blame them in some way where they're trying to get a discount because it's always, it's always like, you know, the phrase that you were saying before, which was like, let's go, you know, I know we hear it all the time, you know, give us a price, Uh, but I know this person, you know, they went, they went nursery with me, blah, blah, blah. So You know what I mean? So, you know, it's it's, it's just a natural part of the process or is it something that, you're trying to that you're trying to fight to stop because i I do feel that in in any part of like as a business as you're saying negotiation all these kind of things are all kind of part of the game
0: you got it and very recently and i think the pandemic and one thing i will i will state here is this i when it comes to there's two parts to that you've got the the undercutting of the industry which happens it's business Mm. undercut if that's what you feel you've got to do to win that sale, do it. Because you're in business, mm. own it, but make sure you then deliver. Mm. And that's one thing that I always, and that's what keeps, I keep at the forefront now. We've all had to do it. I remember days ugh, working for free, doing hair and makeup for £10. I've done it all, but I now know my value. I This is my full-time job, I'd, I, other than the pandemic, obviously. So running the business it's my full-time job then you have me also the second part of it i'm also the makeup artist so when it comes to undercutting from a client's perspective um asking from a discount from a client's perspective rightfully so they're going to ask for one it's a massive part of our culture however i've now own it and i'll break it down and let them know what they're getting value for money because I know what I provide for my clients and I know what every single penny is worth and that's it. And if they want it broken down even further, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them. Contracts, customer service, my skills, my years of training and knowledge, best products I can give you for the kit, the customer service, the customer journey, the experience you have with me on the day, the, 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 your your track list that I put together and compile for you in the morning. Your makeup bag, top-up bag, which I, I, I set a standard five, six, seven, eight years ago. Because if brides were saying to me, Ravita, but I'm not got that lipstick, so how can I make this process easy for her, for not to stress, because she ain't got a lipstick or foundation, because that's the era I came from. You booked a makeup artist, but you had to have your own makeup. Okay, so how can I use all the downfalls of other artists and companies along the way and create the best customer journey and experience. Mm. What have I learned in my corporate? What can I, and, and that's what I present in my feed. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I think you've kind of explained it re, really well. And, um, you know, under, understanding in terms of like the, the key things that I've taken away from that is what you, what you were talking about. I think the word value comes, it comes to the value. forefront on it. Yeah. So I just want to take a bit of a slight tangent really on, um, you know, you talk like the whole kind of moi phenomenon explosion.
0: MUA.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't um, don't
0: like moi. Okay.
1: I just see what I see here. And I was just, I just read what it is. Okay. So when I, when I just, when I see the MUA, okay. Um, one of the key things in terms of like selling your product is going to be around uh, your social media and put it and, and, put, and put it on there. We know that, especially for young girls, imaging is such a big thing. Do you feel, I mean, it, it's a tricky question in some ways, that the, the explosion, there's a correlation with MUAs and the imaging and there's this desirable look for pe- for young women to look like that. That is there a relationship there that you they could be contributing to all of this kind of body dysmorphia, etc. Yeah,
0: hugely. We have a if you have a platform, and if you have a follower, you can influence. So, what you've said, yes, 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 without a doubt. I have a responsibility. I know that, and that responsibility, I I knew how powerful it was a very long time ago, and it's a massive responsibility. So I'll call it selling your soul to the devil. I advertise in a market. <laughs> advertising can be selling your soul to the devil, straight up, because it's that. And I have a platform which I am constantly requested paid. Can we can, can we work in club? Can we do this? We want to send you that. What's it? I, I've sent stuff back to people. Because for me, if it, I've got to always remember who Satie is. And rem- going back to, to Satie, Satie is now my 13-year-old teenager. Satie is my daughter. So I have a responsibility. My, my daughter is my biggest critique and my biggest fan. And I'm raising a queen. I'm raising a child of the universe. She's not mine. She's the universe. Because she will become an adult who will, who will want to love and nurture and care for others the way I do. So for me, being care at the forefront, I have to make sure. I, I, my daughter is always at the front because my daughter is your daughter, and your daughter is my daughter. Body dysmorphia. My weight journey, being honest and open about that. Colorism. Um, all of it, we have a responsibility, and you know my, my colorism piece that I did last year with ITV I, I got backlash on that and out of what was all that of about it was, what was it out of one out of all the thousands and I think uh, we hit like a million views in the end ITV actually contacted me and let me know it was the most watched video and which was incredible on their online platform but there's one particular individual who really went for me via um, a social platform and they just didn't get it and they still don't get it and they never will. And that's cool. Cause I don't need to no longer. And I asked them not to DM me. They were like, can we take this via messenger? Because then they quickly realized that their public online opinions and views were getting um, where others were, could see it. So they were then having to deal with, other's backlash and people, other people's opinions. And I didn't encourage anyone to support me in my words, but this particular individual was so like, I'm taking it to your messenger. And I said, there's no need to, let's just address what you've got to say uh, in a public forum because we don't know who else will support along the way. This person DM'd me and I'd, I then still remain professional. I didn't have to because then we've gone to a private place. But I'm very conscious that this person probably would have screenshot everything I have to say and blown it out of content and put it out on their socials, but would not have given the full picture. So in terms of owning your platform, if you've got a platform and if you have got influencer after your name and you've got and I don't like to use the word influencer um then yeah, you, you've got a huge responsibility and always remember that. And for example, the Kassan movement, um, yes, we've talked about body dysmorphia, but if we're going to talk about influencing, fucking hell, yeah. And I've, I knew that I, that I was putting the brand's reputation at risk. Um, I've had death threats, I've had rape threats, it doesn't bother me, because I make a living from the Punjabi culture. So I, I have a duty. In addition to that, I also come from a family of farmers who were still farming. So I am sat here because of their forward thinking in 1940, 1930s to 40s, because that's when the idea of moving abroad first started. So back then my forefathers started their journey, so yes, It was very important to me, I used my platform. In 84, I was born, I was around, I remember what happened then. And I'm not comparing the two, so two events that I couldn't do anything then, but I can fucking do something now. So I'm using my platform to educate, not influence, educate people. So if you wanna lose weight, you can fucking do it because I've done it and I've done it naturally and I've done it with hard work. If you've got an issue with somebody or something, your platform is an amazing way to seek guidance and support. Don't attack people. I see a lot of online attack and hate. Just pick up the phone and be an adult and let's go back to, look, there's a bit of an issue. Can we can we talk about it? So yeah, I have a huge responsibility to every single follower that is following because they support.
1: So the, I mean, you, you you've raised it in terms of the the, the Kassan, um movement. You can definitely, you know, you can see not only the the. You can see obviously the passion. You can obviously see the the, um, the power and the strength of the movement abroad, um, and obviously in in Delhi as well.
0: Revolution.
1: Do you feel? I mean, what was your experience as as it was as it's gaining momentum and where we are to, are, are today? Do you um, do you think we're closer to a uh, resolution, could, or you, do you think it will be?
0: I, I, for a while? I genuinely believe it's a revolution because I've never seen such. I've never seen such a, It's been such a bittersweet time, hasn't it? Because the image, it's never been a religious thing. It will never be about religion, people have got opinions and, and i have but in terms of the kasan movement it's not religious this is about kasan this is about feeding the world
1: but do you and, also th- do you also think that it's a, it's a? I know where people have made that differentiation around it but do you feel like it's actually kind of a culmination of several issues coming yeah. together under the umbrella of the whole kasan movement would that be a fair way why, of saying
0: it yeah completely and thank you for putting it um in in that way because that's exactly what I want to say it is a number of number of issues and concerns and areas which a lot of people and even I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about it quite being quite honest with you now and anyone that's listening or watching will probably understand why I have from a religious aspect whole load of fucking things to say but I won't because this is about the Kasan. however what you've just said hit the nail on the head and when you have conversations with different people I have to walk away from some conversations because it's not sitting right with me but they're entitled to their opinion and rightfully so and it's about being an adult and having those adult conversations very early on I knew June July last year my dad had this conversation with me about the Kasan. He went, I can see things and this is how I knew something was happening. My dad went, I'm going to have to try and get out to India. I was like, so my parents are now retired. They do six months in the UK, six months in India. They work the Kirti still. We still own a kid. We still own land and we still, we still profit from that land. But we've also been able to provide jobs. The, the, the shift of pattern over the years has been incredible. My parent, our forefathers, first. If we look at our family, for example, my dad raised concerns about the movement last year because he had a phone call from India saying um, those that rent out a land now, um, um, there's a bit of an issue at uh, the crops and da 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 da. And dad was just like, there seems to be a bit of an issue. I might go over to India and just see if there's anything I can do. And then that's where my knowledge first started of the movement. Fast forward now. So anyone that reached out to me to say that I was a cloud chaser, oh, I'm going to just do it. Because I wasn't. Because I knew that there was something going on. And... I was tagging a couple of people back then, and you know, just conversations I was having with my own father. By by October, November, the momentum of it kind of people were starting to really like use their platforms. I don't care if only you posted once, you posted every single day. Those that have nonstop posted, like it's been incredible. It's been sad to see the patterns of behavior. My, and this is my personal opinion now, but then I feel I was able to use my platforms to those who weren't able, or who were too scared, or too afraid, or didn't know how to talk about the Kassan movement. My platform was for you. So in that respect, you know, I I think there's been personal and professional opinions. I've I've got both. Um, I think there could have been a done. There could have been a lot more done. I could have done a lot more. I did do my bit. I will do my bit. I'll continue to do my bit. I'm shadow banned at the moment, so and I have been for about two weeks now, so and that's cool. Um,
1: so, what is that? Is that your shadow your, banning?
0: Yeah, shadow no, banning. Your, which, which accounts? Uh on um, so yeah. on my Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Um, yeah, my my Twitter. I've started to pick up again. Um. You know, because you kind of see from a business perspective which platform's better for you. Um, and shadow banning is basically that nobody seeing my views, mm. nobody seeing my, my platform, my notifications. People have actually DM'd me to say, Ravita, we've had to search for you in the engine to find you. Mm. Whereas this time last year, you put in RP and no, No, no,
1: yeah, we, I used to see about... Four hundred stories, you know, all the, all the time. I used to post it, so it is true. Uh, it is true. It it is happening, yeah. and I think it's just, I, you know, in, in some, you know, in some ironic way, it's actually spurring and it's giving the momentum because more people are actually, if the evidence yeah. is there, as there's more and more evidence yeah, coming up, then it's then it's just that, and then, yeah, I mean, it's a really it's a really tricky situation in terms of like, like it, 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 the, being resolved. Um, anytime soon it doesn't appear that way but you never know there isn't a there isn't a set time for things to start and then set times to to finish especially with this
0: and 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 I think being remembering 84 and not understanding and 84 for me is still quite an emotive time of my life so um I choose not to speak about it a lot because of the visuals I still remember because it did you know we I don't know if you do remember, but the the blue airmails. Yeah. Uh, I and used to, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can remember that we, as a family, would received one. My mom couldn't. My mom can't read Punjabi. Um, my dad can, but my dad did shifts. Mom had got the letter, so she went across the road to read it, and I knew just we, we it was deaths because of the way they were crying so 84 for me and 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 I, I, you know i'm i'm not going to repeat what i was taught to sing at the time oh, yeah. um to this day those words recite in my head i remember the day the the prime minister at the time was assassinated rightfully or wrongfully i remember the celebrations um but that was then. So, fast forwarding now, it was the it's the same kind of feelings. So the fire just automatically, the flames always been there. Does that make sense in terms of your your heritage, your culture, your Marwali, your 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 Punjabi Vrisa, your, all of it? It's always been there. But you you as an adult now, understanding it, knowing you can make a difference, I want to make a difference, so I have, and um, it's, it's been an incredible time for myself, I've been able to rekindle relationships which I never thought I would via social media, so it's been a fantastic time, um, I've, I've, I've met women with the same passion on social, and I can't wait to meet them in person, men, Companies, businesses, one thing I also learned in this as well, and and, and this is going down to the Kassan Rally now, I was the only female speaker out of those thousands of people that turned up. And I was a very small voice in amongst a lot of male, a lot of men who were speaking out that day. One thing that really upset me that day and it still will upset me to my dying day is the following. The lack of women who wanted to speak out and speak up but felt they couldn't. And the following, it, it was actually a, a, a young lady called Kieran who gave me her megaphone and she's like, I've been waiting for you to turn up. So here's your here's your thing. And I went, hang on. How did you know I was coming? She went, I knew you were. Um she said, because of the bra tear that you'd made the night before. And I was like, right. And she said, so we got you, megaphone, it's yours, go for it. I was just like, so you've waited for me to come. She went, yeah, because no one else is going to do it. And I, I looked around and I was like, okay, this is going to be a bit of, Whoa. I I lost my voice that week. One thing that I remember, and I'm not going to let it overshadow me, is the following. There's a group of men who walked past me laughing at me. That broke my heart at the time for a split second. And then I shouted louder because I was just like, why, why, why are you laughing? Is it because I'm a woman who's trying to speak out or is it because you think I've got no fucking idea what I'm talking about? And I think it was probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I then tried to find a box to stand on. Um, and then what drew, what made that, situation okay and let me know that <laughs> it's not all men and that hashtag is, is is prevalent at the moment as well and trending is there was a bit of an altercation a little bit later on in the day at the Kasan rally where somebody had come to entice uh, religious hatred between Sikhs and Muslims and I was not going to have it and I took a bold step and I ripped the leaflet up in front of the person and I was shouting at the top of my voice, this is not what this is about. We And, and the police could see, police were watching. And on the right hand side of me, there was a group of Nahansings. And behind me, because somebody whispered in my ear, don't worry, we got you. And it was a male voice. And all I remember, I, I, I don't remember their faces, but I just remember hearing the following. I was shouting, we stand with, I stand with farmers, and then encouraging the crowd to start, uh, speak out and say, we stand with farmers. And I just remembered this group of lads starting to chant it. And that's how we diffused the situation. And before I knew it, this whole army <clears throat> of men was stood in front of me. And they were like, well, if you want to, if you, because this male who was in my face was like, if you want to, if you want to get to her, you're going to have to come through us first. So that's where, at that point, I knew I needed that as well, but it also let me know that they made up for that group of five men who walked past laughing at a woman who was trying to ultimately speak out for Kasan, and shame on them for not knowing and understanding that. So the joke was on them and not on me. So yeah, gave me more fire in my belly. Seeing that the movement had kind of not flattened, I think people are very conscious because let's let's face it, I can't afford to lose my brand as well. I can't afford to be taken off Instagram because it is my bread and butter. And would the Kassan want that for me? Hell no. Those farmers will not want any of us to lose our jobs because ultimately that's what they're fucking fighting for mm-hmm. is their livelihoods. So for me, it's I've had to really like Right, okay, I need to watch what I'm doing here. But if people have read any of my content that I've put in out, bar a couple of uploads, everything somehow comes back to Kasan. My selfies, the shirt, my outfit of the day, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you can see how uh, especially the younger generation uh, are kind of self-educating and picking it up. And it's
0: been fantastic.
1: It, yeah, it is. It, it is. It is positive um, from that side. Let's just just hoping that it gets. There's a resolution uh, sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, for for all the areas that you touched on earlier. Yeah.
1: So, in you know, you, you obviously what we've been discussing it brings a lot of uh, mental strain on. Um, on oneself, you, yeah. you've you've got your 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 pressures of social media, your balancing act of the business. You then you got your your social political views. You then got the kind of um, the position of, of women, the role of women. In in terms of, th- I remember seeing there was a you went live or somebody was talking about it where you you was just you were doing a insta live around mental health and uh, you were kind of visibly upset at, in, during this whole, in, in this one session and it was where you you were kind of openly stating that you were, you know you, you were finding it really difficult to cope I, yesterday we we met at um, at the studio that was around mental health
0: yeah.
1: how, do, how do you feel that conversation is now compared to where it was when let's say two years ago uh, sorry pre-covid let's do let's talk about it from there
0: I think it's incredible what COVID has done and what social platform has done. And if anything, something that I said to an industry colleague yesterday and it made me really proud. And because obviously we can't hug. um, I was desperate to hug him because it genuinely did make me proud. And that was this. I said, how have you been kiddo in lockdown? And he said, Really good. He said I had my meltdown for two weeks, but I have my brothers to pick me up. And that for me was music to my ears, because one thing out of this, and if there's a particular area we're gonna talk about is men and mental health. Oh my God, like, it's so incredible to see men talking and men wanting to talk and going, bro, should we go for a walk? Instead of bro, should should we go to the pub and have a pint and get pissed instead? Massive shift sense. in pattern and behaviour. And COVID has allowed for that to happen. So I'm thankful that the pubs have been closed for a little bit. Everyone should enjoy socially a drink if you want it. Um, Your favourite foods. If you want to eat 10 chicken wings and down six pints of beer, you do that, but talk when you're Sophie, but Talk when you're sober. And that's one thing I've always said to both both my father's. Um, one thing I've not hidden in the past is alcohol being a problem, problem in my household. Um, and arguably to some extent still is, you know, but as you know, you learn to accept behaviors and you learn to, as as, as an adult, I've been able to speak and have open conversations and, you know, where my dad's shut off and let, if we're going to use my dad and as an example, and um, if he ever hears this on a battered, <laughs> but it's cool, he'll- It he'll is understand doing it? Yeah, like, you know, I know he's proud of me, he'll never say it, he'll never say it. Like, for example, and, and I, my dad, like, going back to my dad being in India, because he travels light now, because, you know, he has, he has belongings in both parts of the world. He'll, he'll travel with just the whole door now, and it's really heavy one year. And I opened up the bag on the sly. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, Dad, why is it here? He said, No, 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 the close it, close it. And this is where, I'm, this taught me a lot about my dad, and it's very relevant to what we're talking about. And I've opened it up, and I normally do the the the, the airport runs. And I, I got to the airport, and I was, I opened up the whole door, and I was like, Dad, betch kia man. So I opened it up and in there was my Asiana wedding magazine. The first three editions that I'd done. And for my dad, he couldn't wait to get to India to open up the pages to show. That's where I knew my dad was proud of me of going down this route, but was never going to tell me. So I saw it. I never questioned him about it. When it comes to... And it's that whole thing of, you know, just Punjabi household. I don't think I've ever heard my dad say to me he loves me. And that's a very, they're very difficult words in our household to say. And on my birthday, on my 40th, get that on. Mm. Mm. Tika. just a happy birthday, together. there. Mm, Happy. And that was it. But that's their era. that They don't talk about it. They don't talk about their emotions. Whereas when he's had a drink, he will. So I'm trying to switch it on its head and say, look, dad, let's the, the you know, my dad's my dad's hitting 70. The the years we have got, let's really make them count now. Talk to your grandkids, talk openly. The, like my grand his granddaughter Jamira, you know, the only things they'll ever say to her is got to She has beautiful hair. And she'll say to him, no, no, is there anything else you can say? Hmm, badly. She'll be like, but none is that anything else. No, that's it.
1: But isn't that just like? Isn't? isn't that just like the com- complete full circle in terms of how it started for you?
0: You got it, and that's and that's where he's my he's my. I'm I, sorry, Dad, to call you this, but you're my case study. You're that person I keep at the forefront of. Why are Indian men don't talk? My dad lost his best mate to suicide. Um. Uncle blesses cotton socks. And I remember saying to my dad, Uncle was in his 60s when he committed suicide. And rightfully or wrongfully talking about him. And it's painful because my dad, that could have been my dad. And I remember at the funeral, it was really important for me to go. And I remember turning picking up my dad. My dad was so 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 quiet and I knew he was broken inside and but I knew he needed I knew he didn't need me that day to be at him and I knew he needed because he'd lost his best mate to suicide man like like to this day we've not spoken about it but I said one thing to him that evening after we we'd got back from the good and all of that I just looked at him and I said dad that could have been you, please never let it be you. And if it gets that bad, then glassy like it, just call me. And those were my words to my dad. And he just looked at me and he went, done. So my dad is the reason why I am so thankful of COVID for a lot of reasons, the silver linings that COVID has had. And that is people are talking relationships have been rekindled i'm calling my parents every day pre-covid that wasn't happening man that was not happening and those are those are the regrets i've got you know to my dying day and that's not because i've got an issue or concern with my parents that is because life business the rat race the life in the fast lane yo none of it now The quality is there, the business, and this is where the value comes in again now. This is what Corona has been able to teach me. I don't need to be chasing the buck. Provide quality even more so and choose what you want to be a part of and not want to be a part of. And that's where I'm at. And The mental health, where I'm at now to where I was last year, to where I was a year before, to five years ago I've been on a very spiritual journey and that's had a lot to do with it I'm I'm very much into law of attraction you know and people use that term very loosely now because it's trending or it has trended but for me it's about the universe and putting out there what you genuinely want back and I know what I want so that's what I put out
1: this is called the bandwagon. There's a, there's yeah. a, there's a, there's an opportunity for, for yourself basically to say like, here's is it, there's a, there's a, a number of issues or a number of issues that you want to jump on. Um, is there anything that you want to kind of um, ha, uh, have a have a bit of a rant on or a bit of a opinion on?
0: Yes, there is. I think the biggest thing is, is our community. We really now need to. There's a book called Who Moved My Cheese? And if they had it in Punjabi, like I'd give it to my dad to read. What's it Change called?
1: Is not who Moved My Cheese? Who Moved My Cheese?
0: Yeah. If we could get it transcribed into Punjabi, anyone out there, and all other languages, it be I think it's a really good book for our elders to read. And they, especially our elders who, first, second generation migrants, because I feel they've got stuck in a time warp. India actually has moved on, if we're going to think about that. India's moved on, but our parents got stuck in a rut. They got stuck in that time warp, and that's not a bad thing. What you've got to be able to do as as an adult, and I want to be able to do, is go, you know what, okay, I respect the fact that you're sat there and you're not going to move, but what I'm going to do is show you a different way and I'll show you my way. And if you don't like it, respect the fact that I tried, but I respect the fact that you don't like it either. Mm. Let's give it a go. I'm one of those people. Jamira, as a child growing up, food and stuff like that. Um, you know, mummy, I don't like it. Give it a go. You never know. And I'm one of those people. Just take the risk. You never know. I think the one of the biggest thing is our communities need to open up and and move and change with the times. Change isn't a bad thing, man. Change can actually embrace it. Change could actually enrich your life a lot more. I know that now. Um, I think we we definitely need to take a lot more responsibility. Um, as women, we definitely need to be, we need to take a lot more we've got a lot more we've got a lot more power than we believe or what we've been made to believe who run the world fucking girls and i've always said it because we are the backbone and i've said it in a show with the recognised one who interviewed me we are makers or breakers and i own what i'm about to say we are makers or breakers and it's up to us to influence To educate and to empower and support our our people around us, you know, rightfully or wrongfully. And I'm not taking nothing away from who dads who do the, the parenting full time because there's some incredible, they are incredible fathers out there who are doing, who are the mom and dad. And rightfully, there are mothers out there who are the mom and the dad. And that is this we need to educate not just our fucking daughters, but we need to educate our sons. There's a, I was taught by, I was raised by my dad. Not a lot of people know this. This is why my relationship with my dad is a lot stronger. Emotionally, I'm a lot more attached to my dad. Doesn't know this than I am to my mom. My mom my mom, mom, mom was, a lot of people say, your my mom's nickname's Ballo. They'd be like, you're mini, mini Davy, you are your mini Ballo. You look like her, you talk like her. Yeah. Because my mom's my biggest role model but my dad was the one who actually, my mom was a role model like that, but my dad was the one that I could see had so much more to give. People compliment my handwriting for some, for example, it was my dad. My dad's, my dad's an educated man, but was broken down by the system, broken down by you're a fucking packy, and what do Pakis know? My dad was an educated man, you know, living in an extended family, no father, no mother, because unfortunately my dad lost his parents very early on. And when they, when they came to the UK, living in an extended family, you know, my mum having only a year with her mother-in-law, from what I I, I didn't know, my, my bibi and babai, I never had the pleasure of meeting them. But from what I hear, they were very incredible women. My bibi was a very incredible woman. But my dad didn't have the right role, role models as he became a father and as a man. He did in his younger years. And from and I unfortunately don't know a lot about my dad in his, his growing up, in his adult. And as a married man, he had a year of his mother then that was it. His influence then was his baby. And I'm gonna say they probably weren't the greatest women around. And my dad had faults, my mom had faults. But as, as women, I would love to ask them, what influence did you really give my dad, which which gave him hope? Then long came my mom, who picked my dad up in his in his bad days. So our women, for me, culturally. We 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 need to we're the ones that are gonna drive this forward, we're the ones that are gonna influence, we're the ones that are gonna, gonna educate our sons. Where why can't our sons have the rookie on the table? Why is it our daughters and daughter-in-laws are the ones that are seen to be um uh, you know, the statement of the can you son? My in-laws asked me once, um. So when you choose to have children, I said, when your son son knows how to make ruti bani, they looked at me and I said, look, mom, dad, you've got to remember, if I'm an educated woman with a degree, which is what you wanted, then I need to have, I've got to set some standards and some rules for your son, because God forbid anything happens to me, I need to know your son can fucking boil an egg. And that was, that's where it was, that's where my indoors are new. Oh, holy shit. We've got, we've <laughs>
1: and it hasn't been hand. a bad
0: thing. They've grown <laughs> with me because they've, they have ranjit. They, they've shaped me as a woman because I've done my adulthood and growing up with them. Because if we go back to our very early conversation, it's this. Up to 13, I was my mum and dad's. 13 to about 19, I was trying to find myself. 80, sorry, 18 to 23, I was in the education system. From 23, I was married straight away, lived out, all of that. And then from 23, 25, I became a mum. So actually, where was I ever? I was still struggling to find myself. So in all of these roles, where was Ravita? At 41, I'm now here. So... I've taken all the shitty times, all the bad points of me learning journey with my in-laws because I had to go right back to the beginning because my in-laws told me I couldn't even wear skirts. I came from a family where you could wear a miniskirt and sit with your brothers and it'd be okay. Going to a family where... where And that wasn't a bad thing because they were protecting me. But I've come a family where So a lot of people in the industry, for example, you know, Sasaka bhaji, Sasaka bhaji. Hi Viji, hi baji. It's a beautiful part of our culture. Why aren't we teaching our kids our Why aren't we? T- and I'm not going to say I'm the greatest. God, there's, uh, you know, today, for example, um Stephen Jagpal, <laughs> we were having this conversation in the CAF today For example, we laugh at our younger generation who are trying to learn and trying to pronounce the words. Why then do we laugh at them? We have regional dialect in India, Gatha, Ghanda, Bias. I always use this analogy. My mum uses Bias. I use Gunda. My mother-in-law uses Gatha. Who's right? Who's wrong there?
1: That is uh, something that I'm just based. You always post, aren't they? Yeah.
0: But, but this is it, then why are we laughing at them? If anything, we need to listen and go a chip so as forty one I'm not afraid to go if i if I've got it wrong then 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 correct me um the calf where I work and this is this was actually it could have been a form of bullying, but I addressed it there and then I said something wrong, and it was I'm not gonna say it because it's gonna make a lot of people laugh and <laughs> Shulipaturi were ordered, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah,
1: all right, go for it.
0: And I said the word Shulipaturi, okay. the wrong way. In India, it has a sexual connotation. I know that. And they started giggling and then they started... Um, but it made me really upset because then the banter became... Um, pata and these women are younger than me. So, I,
1: yeah. I think. I think I know what you, where where you're going with this bit, which is where if if the younger generation or if somebody even a peer is is um, speaking Punjabi incorrectly, in that instead of laughing, they should be encouraging them and say, saying that you you've uh, you've you know at least you're trying Actually, and you're doing and doing it that way. Yeah.
0: You got it. So this is where. So I stood and listened. And then I'd left the the area and I I came back and I said, and they just looked at me. And then I explained how their words had upset me. They got it and they were very apologetic. I said, but you, you are here in the UK. And I said, how many of you speak a word of the Queen's English? Then they shut up. I said, the difference is I'm bilingual. And I speak a number of languages, I'm try Gujarati, Hindi, Urdu, I try, I speak French, German, I said and I will always try and that is called bettering yourself, and that is called where I get it wrong, teach me man because I want to learn, I want to learn more, I ask questions, I don't, I'm i not scared I, I and I'll always say correct me if I'm wrong, please forgive me if I'm being rude or abrupt but I would like to know more and they got it and they understood it that day. So now when they ask me in English, I'll be like, ask me in uh, ask me if they ask me something in Punjabi, I'll be like, no, ask me in English, otherwise I'm not talking to you. Because I want them to grow, I want them to learn the language properly. Mm. Their kids are speaking it at school mm. and they're asking me, Diddy, Agiya, or Akiya. And I'm like, ask me in English. They've got the skills, but they're too embarrassed. They learnt a valuable lesson that day that's it this is how the sisterhood is formed so this is where going back to what you've said mental health all of it it's all in the pot man and Mm -hmm. the and corona hold on to the 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 silver lining we're all in different boats in the same storm and that's the biggest statement
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ravita. Thank you for, you know, you're going into real, in real depth and I really appreciate you, you know, going for that. Is there anything that's forthcoming that you want to plug or anything you, um, that you want to just highlight and give you, give your socials uh, uh, a mention, especially if they're shadow banned?
0: <laughs> yeah, so you guys can find me on um, Instagram, um, RP Makeup. There's a couple of platforms and they're all connected to the, to the, to, to the business. Uh, you can find me on Clubhouse and am trying to find myself and navigate myself around that I do like it, Twitter all the other platforms um, TikTok no, but I'm going to try um, plugin there is um, there's lots happening for the business this year you know, the um, shop will open this year, so there's going to be a safe spot for women and um, in terms of uh, a beauty concierge service in Birmingham, no other concept like it. Um, be working with the likes of yourself. So, you yeah. know, that I've already reached out to you about yeah. that. So, yeah. and I, because, and I if think, you can sort these
1: eyebrows out, let me know, yeah.
0: Well, I'll be able to sort <laughs> your eyebrows out and and be able to signpost you to to mental health team if you needed it. Oh, as geez, well. and, it not that bad. And, and oh. yes. <laughs> so, this is where. Um, This is where the business and the authenticity is yet again highlighted. So the business is opening a shopfront called the Diva by RP. Lots of different businesses will be running from there. And it is the beauty, it is the bride, it is Sati. So Sati is my bride. Everything to do about the bride and, and, and and the woman and beauty treatments and lifestyle as a woman, but attached to that is. One, it will be a safe spot for women and men. And more than ever with with what's happened with the loss of Sarah in in the recent in recent events, but it's also been a massive part of my journey. And anyone that knows about this has, has known that this is not just me again clout chasing, it's been on my mood board for a good couple of years now. And for me to be able to provide a safe spot has been at the top of that list. Um, we're also um, going to be providing um, domestic uh, awareness training and honor killing awareness training and uh, forced marriage training uh, for makeup artists um, going down that route there's lots happening um, you know aside, you know our community especially the BAME community are really crap and let's face it uh, with things like smear test um, which I, I think it's now called something else, you know, checking your babies for lumps and, and stuff like that, you know, men testing, you know, men checking out for lumps, all of that. I'm going to be encouraging our women um, and men like, um, because men can have their brows done as well um, at, at, at my shop. So um, my salon, I don't know what to call it because it's, to be so many different things
1: well we'll get you so, back on when it's open and then we'll get a bit yeah of, definitely we'll, of we'll have to do visuals
0: stuff. and a, a podcast yeah, from yeah, there I'll, as well I'll so yeah that's my only plug um other than that just keep it real people and talk it's the biggest thing
1: thank you i really appreciate thank
0: it thank you thank you